My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And this is a new series on medicine. And in 2022, I went to Costa Rica and I was introduced for the first time a hallucinogenic called Bufo Alvarez, and it's a 5-MeO-DMT. And for a year and a half, I have explored this medicine, and I also started to explore psilocybin. And the reason I started doing this is I'm a seeker. I wanted to know the truth. I've always wanted to know the truth. It's like this something inside of me wanting to find out what's real. And (laughs) I'm happy to say I found out. And I'm blessed. And I wanted to share my experience with you, but I also wanted to share the people who I've traveled with who've also served me and other people who are doing other medicines. Because what I found is is that it really doesn't matter the medicine. We are the medicine. And there's different kinds of medicine. There's the medicine of hallucinogenics. There's the medicine of alternative medicine like acupuncture. There are healers who make your home beautiful. There are people who do medicine through their music. And in these interviews, you're going to meet beautiful, beautiful people. And my medicine that I bring to people is my myself, my light. And I listen and I find other people's light. And then I love to share it with the world. And that's what you're going to see in these podcasts. So I hope you enjoy them. It has been an honor to do this series and is with great love that I do it. Thank you. My first guest, um, I'm so honored that he agreed to come on with me and he was a former client, Louis Kofsky, (laughs) who is the co-founder of uh, Dirty Space. So welcome, Louis. Thank you. Hey, Anna, it's great to see you. And uh, just for the record, I think I'll always be a client and a friend uh, after the amazing work <laughs> we've done together. Uh, true story I have in my notepad that I keep on my phone, I have a couple of pinned notes from, from some of the work we've done together. So it's real testament to you chasing and seeking and watching and monitoring energy that, that we're here today and, and unpacking what we're going to get into today. Oh, well, I, I, I'm honored because I, I've seen you, um, I've seen you follow the truth of this medicine. You were an executive at Sesame Street, and now you're um, bringing medicine to people, correct? Well, it's something I've been doing for a long time. I, I started traveling in Latin America in the early 90s. And I learned about a lot of different types of medicines then, but none of them had to do with ingesting any plants. It was more the cultural pieces and the, and the practices that, that, that people were doing. And that 
through the years sort of led to a, a much deeper understanding. And then sometime in the early 2000s, this guy named Daniel Penchbeck walked into my office and gave me his book. He had written one book called Breaking Open the Head, which was sort of his exploration into a number of different plant medicines. And he said, here's my new book and I'd like to make a movie. And I said, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I read the book and ended up uh, producing a film where it was a deep exploration on what we now know as the psychedelic renaissance, but at the time it was a bunch of crazy ideas and trips to Peru and Brazil and Ecuador and Colombia and, and chasing these different plant medicine traditions and lineages uh, throughout the Americas in our case. And uh, that led me to sort of an awakening that this was something that needed support in this world. And, and more generally, there's a, there's a prophecy in the Americas, the, the prophecy of the eagle and the condor. And our brothers in the South are the, are the condor. And that bird represents uh, intuition, the heart, family, and so on. And the eagle in the North is rationality, technology, you know, uh, intention, or shall we say, um, will. And, and there is a prophecy that the two birds unite in these times and, and come together and each bring their strengths and learn to heal together. And so I have a number of friends that, that call me Aguilita, little eagle in Spanish. And, uh, and I refer to them as the condors. And so it became a, a path that I began to support and walk, uh, building community around the healing potential of, of working with plant medicines. Uh, in the context of uh, deeper transformational practices. Uh, there's, a, there's a saying that the integration is the medicine. And so it's, it's, it's not just about bringing medicine, it's bringing a framework towards approaching life with, with curiosity so that we can grow and heal. Oh my God. I, like, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm speechless and... Um... When you say curiosity, what do you mean by that? And how do you, why is that important? Why is that an important medicine? I think there needs to be an openness to change. And, and I think that in many traditions, this idea of, of curiosity or beginner's mind is an important one, right? To be able to look at things in a different way and, and also to have the will to um, try something new or whether that's trying an experience or also just trying a new way of being or a new way of understanding or a new way of doing things. And, and so I think that, you know, without that, it's very easy to have an experience and frame it in the known. And, and I think the key piece of the curiosity is that it enables you to be open to an unknown. And, and maybe in that comes growth or learning and, and a, new, a new vibration of understanding or being. Mm. If, as, as I've known you in your career, you've practiced that medicine many times. 
it's uh, definitely had a number of different incarnations and, and areas that I've, that I've been curious about. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I think that's why we're here, right? There's just so much to do. And, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and frankly, Anna, I think it's something that you speak about too, right? Is it, sort of leaning into the unknown and, and, and asking yourself, I'm curious, what, what is this horrible, terrible, challenging, crushing thing that's happening to me have to teach me and, and why is it showing up for me and and so I think that frankly is a big piece of the medicine as well right in terms of if you're working with a medicine that let's say an ayahuasca or, or a psilocybin which are these deeply um, impactful plant medicines that may give you an incredibly challenging experience you know there is old understanding of this is that oh be careful you could have a bad trip and and I think that there's a now you know several decades later from from the original psychonauts there's a there's a more refined understanding of that in terms of oftentimes those bad quote bad or challenging experiences are opportunities for growth and I think really in order to be able to to see any of that I think curiosity is that open piece right if we're all trading in awareness as a currency, it's very easy to just continue to see what one typically sees in the world versus yeah. looking around the corners. What, what you um, just said is profound. And I don't think people realize that. It's like life isn't happening to you, but for you. And am I open in my journeys to see what the gift is. Where does life, like the way I talk about it, where do I have bound energy and I have a fixed way of looking at something? And if I opened up to it, I would see a bigger perspective. I would see mm -hmm. the gift, the pony and the manure. It's hard sometimes, right? Because sometimes you got to walk through a lot of manure. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> There've been times recently and I'm like, oh, really? Now I'm doing this? <laughs> now yeah, I feel here nice. we are. Isn't this great? <laughs> yeah. So so why was your desire? Why did you feel, why do you feel this is so important? I think I just read a statistic that one in four adults up to the age of 44 are on some form of antidepressants in the United States. I think that, um, Many of us, especially in the most recent years, especially coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, and the intense weather that we're having everywhere, and climate change is just starting to get into its groove right now. And then economic situations. I mean, we, we in our recent history, witnessed the largest transfer of wealth from the, you know, the the have nots to the haves in history, right? The, the, the 2008 uh, reorganization of, of global financial assets was a pretty discouraging thing to see people that had worked their entire life and have their 401ks wiped out and, and all of that. And so I think there's, there's level upon level upon it that, that we're seeing. And, and you know, on one level, speaking of it from sort of a, a, a plant medicine angle, you can hear Mother Earth crying right now. It's a it's a it's a tough tough situation, and I think that we we live in such a hyper materialistic world, and especially here in the states where we're so removed from our lineages, right? It's so focused on the new, 
and the and the the formation of our psyches through modern media and and a consumer democracy that we're all incredibly alienated from ourselves. And I was I was speaking to an 18 year old um, or 19 year old a few weeks ago who's who's struggling, he's lost, you know. And and I asked him, I said, what is it that you want? And it was just, it took like six times asking that question before we could even drill down to something that resonated with him versus the programming that he was living under versus the intense pressures that he feels and the idea that he's never gonna be anywhere close to where his parents, much less his grandparents were economically or socially. And you know the options, this, his gener you know, the generation ahead of him, the generation debt and all of that. So. I don't mean to be super negative, but I, I think we can all feel that things are not necessarily right. And, and that there are probably better ways to do, do things. And I think that part of the, the allure of these plant medicines or, or psychedelic uh, medicines are that they help us reframe the world and help us look at problems in a different way. And I think there's a long history of examples of great leaders, great innovators who have had awakenings or breakthroughs with the, with the aid of psychedelics. And, and while there's many ways to get there, you know, I was on the phone with someone yesterday who said, you know, a practice is like taking the stairs and, and psychedelics can be like taking an elevator or in some cases, <laughs> a, rock, a rocket ship. <laughs> yes, right? I would agree, that, a rocket that, ship. A rocket ship, and that cuts both ways, right? It can be detrimental, right? It's very, and that's that's a bit where my work comes in as a space holder or a container builder, is that if you don't have the appropriate tools or the appropriate support to contextualize or integrate that experience and to put those insights into practice or to even, frankly, just understand what the F just happened, you can really, and I've seen it, you can really go backwards as well. So I think that's the second piece you know, of the question is it's not only the why, but the how, right? And I think that there's a lot of ways that, there's no one right way, no one absolute way, but there's certainly ways that are probably not the best way. And, and, and I think that even in the best intentioned folks, like the whole medicalization movement and the opening of ketamine clinics that are happening across the US, I think there's many examples of people being helped, but I also think that there's many examples of people's problems being exacerbated. And so yeah, it's a, yeah. But in general, it's an incredibly exciting time in that field. And I've been involved in other fields. Like I was involved in early years of computer graphics, for example, but, you know, what now leads to, you know, the big Marvel movies and the, the deep fake technology and all of that. And, you know, similar to that, we're in a time where we're all kind of figuring this out and working together and comparing notes and learning from each other and developing standards of care and developing community guidelines and best practices. And it's, it's, it's just a really, really exciting and encouraging time, despite you know, all of the challenges that I just referenced. So, Can I ask you something? One of the things that I just felt when you said it is um, because the the journey space is about 
community, like you've built a communities down in Latin America for people to come together, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and even here in, in at Growing Heart Farm, uh, we, we're a community space and we have been for 13 years. But you see something about community and the power of people coming together, that that's a medicine in itself too. That may be the most important medicine. And I, I say that because I think one of the challenges we face is, is, is it's a little bit of a crisis of connection. And, and so in the same way that I was speaking about people having challenges connecting with themselves and understanding what it is that they like, I think there's also a big piece of that with us being social creatures is that the people are having challenges connecting to others. And, and there, there's, there's research going on right now. Um, Robin Carhart Harris, Rosalind Watts, a number of folks that have been, have been looking at this clinically they, they talk about communitas. And so they're starting to quantify it a bit. And that, and that sort of healing power of being seen by others and seeing others. And that's a basic need, I think, for us as humans is to be recognized by other humans. And I think it's a big piece of the way we make meaning in, in life. And, and I think likewise, it's a big piece of the way we, we grow and heal both sharing our experience and, and figuring out how to translate what we're going through into something that others can witness and recognize, as well as listening to others and, and maybe not feeling alone because you recognize in them something from you. And, and, and also going to places that you may not have gone to otherwise by, by listening to their experiences. So I think that, that that sort of group care and that group reflection is incredibly important. And, and what we see with journey space is we bring strangers together in many, in many cases. And, and the feedback we get is, and people are even saying it in the group, I don't know you all, but I feel you. And I feel a connection to you in that we're sharing an intention we're reflecting on each other. We're being present for each other. And I've tried this alone, but this feels so much better knowing that you all are here and knowing that I'm not doing this alone. And, and the best piece about this is hearing what you all have to say. And, and that's not something we really, our society, is, we have these archetypes of the independent masculine and, and go do it alone and the Horatio Alger story and all of these. And we're, we're not, you know, that's another amazing thing about Latin America. It's a much more family and community focused culture, but here in the North, we're, we're rugged individualism. And so mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's almost like a lost art or a lost lineage that I feel like we're learning about and learning how to foster. And it, it's, you, um, I didn't, it's funny now that I'm seeing you, I realize what you're doing is always bringing people together in community and healing people. Even when you're at work, no matter what you're doing, that is what you're doing. And sometimes right. it involves medicine and sometimes it just involves a meal. Or sometimes even in the case, like for example, at Sesame Street, right? The fundamental, if there's one thing, if you were to say, what, what has 50 years of Sesame Street learned about educating children or changing the world is it's fostering 
and engagement between a caregiver, whether that's a parent, whether that's an older sibling, whether that's a professional and a child, right? It's not about watching this video or playing this game and learning. It's about a shared experience around media. And so the genesis of Sesame Street in 1968, there was one TV set, so everyone watched it. And, and now best practices show that you're never gonna keep your child away from media. I mean, we're on media most of our waking hours, right? We're on some form of device, some form of screen, most of us, right? In the, especially in the white collar world. If you're, if you're, I mean, even if you're driving a car now, you're almost on a screen half yeah. the time. But, but you, you're, um, you can sort of look on the bright side of that and where you can say, well, how can I engage with my children around this media? How can we role play it? How can I talk to them about what we learned? And, and for better or for worse, it is a big piece, especially as Americans, of how we relate to each other through shared media. What I'm seeing the medicine is also is, um, if I was gonna, um, like what, I, what I'm seeing that you're offering, Lewis, is that you're offering community, connection, and being seen for the truth of who you are and shared experiences. But it yeah. comes down to the connection connection and how is we the piece. Well, and it's connection to oneself as well, right? And I think that's the piece that the that a lot of these medicines are are offering, right? They're they're brushing away these constructs that are standing between us and ourselves. If that's yeah. a, even a proper English. Well it, well, it is. The way that I see it is the the truth of who we are. Yeah. I'm not my thinking, I am not my stories, I'm not my roles, I'm not my concepts. I'm this alive energy. That's I'm right. This goddess, this white light love, whatever you want to call it. And that's who the truth of who I am. And when I feel it, I light up and then I share yeah. it because it has innate gifts. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, right, it's a zone of genius piece, right, that you're looking for. Right. Not yeah. being, it's not enough to be excellent. It's just like when it's just pure flow, pure expression, pure you. And how do you get yeah. out of your way to do that? Yeah. Well, it's, I was just working with a client and um, we were talking about the truth of who he is. And he has a natural way of thinking the way this energy flows through him that's unique and it's effortless. But you can't see it because it's effortless. There's no effort. It's just natural, like breath. You mm -hmm. have a natural way of looking at life that's just innate in you. And the medicine, I think, is to shatter all the, the mud that we throw over it, like, like wash it all down and feel the essence of who we are and then share it. Mm -hmm. and, and feel that we're not just us. Right. Right. We're not only connecting to us as we begin to connect with ourselves, it's that we realize, well, I'm what is myself? I'm really right. just part of this greater thing, whatever you want to call it, and however you want to conceptualize it. And that that all these other people are really just like me or part of me, or I couldn't separate from myself from them or the world or any of this if I tried. Yeah. Yeah, as much as that's the great, what I love about COVID is it shows for how we're all connected. <laughs> we're all connected and, we, and, and we're all suffering. And it, 
and it's yeah. our choice as to sort of how we approach that. Yeah. So what made you create Journey Space? What was the, the impetus for that? It was interesting. We had been doing for, for many years a, a lot of uh, medicine work and sort of leading groups of 15, 20 people, 30 people at the most. And, and a lot of times it involved a lot of plane flights or a lot of travel and, and costs, you know, coming together in person and, and so on and so forth. And interestingly, when COVID hit, it was March of 2020. And we had a lot of things on the calendar for that, for that season. And they all, in one week, we just sort of realized, oh yeah, this is not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> not New York was a few, a few days behind California. I remember when San Francisco said, okay, here we go. And they were early, right, on the, on the train. And so what we did is we immediately went online. I think it was March 20th, and we offered uh, my, my colleague and, and longtime collaborator, this, this man named East Forest, who's a, a he creates journey music. Um, and he has an album called Music for Mushrooms. And he, he uh, is known for, his music is, is, is commonly used in, in psychedelic journeys. And we said, well, we can't gather, but we know people are all at home. They're not doing anything. And I remember when we organized the first one, we gathered people online. And I remember explaining to people, we're going to go in a Zoom room and this is how it works. <laughs> you know, a bunch of us had been using Zoom for a long time, but a lot of people, it was a newer game, right? And, and so we gathered and we, we got together and we shared. And then we, and there was a live stream going on. We live streamed it out to YouTube. And then we had a smaller group of folks that they, they gathered on Zoom and we had facilitators there that were able to support folks. And I think a lot of people ended up taking oh. psychedelics at home. And, and we were very careful. We said, look, we're not there. We can't support you. Um, it's up to you. And it was magic in a way right? It was great. It, all of a sudden we had this aha moment. Like what we're not, on, we're not supporting people. We're not telling people what they should or shouldn't do or are running them through the medical protocols. Is this right for you? We, we, we said, look, here's the basics. Can you cover this yourself? Right? Do you meet these criteria? This is on you. Make your decision. And, and, and I think, as you know, I mean, of course, ketamine became ubiquitous through COVID. It wasn't quite as ubiquitous then, but psilocybin, you're in Oakland there, it's been decriminalized, it's decriminalized in many places and it's just flowing through the streets these days. So that was not an issue. Like we're, we, we don't touch, journey space doesn't touch medicine, right? Because what we do works with or without medicine. But what we oh, learned wow. during COVID was that we could gather virtually something we never thought we'd do. You know, being in person was so important to connect with people but we were able to reproduce the essence of it virtually. And, and what really brought us from taking it from something we were doing through our church to actually creating a business around it was we said, we deeply believe in this work and we've helped hundreds of people. We've helped actually thousands of people through the years. And now this is the way that we're gonna to start to help millions because there's- Oh my God. Accessible for everyone. Chills. I just got chills. Because it doesn't need to be mediated through a doctor, these experiences, right? It doesn't need to be prescribed by a shaman. 
right? It needs to be held by elders. There needs to be a container and ritual. But I mean, if you at all look at religion, like we don't need the church to take our power away from us. If the whole idea is connecting to ourselves. This you know, is I was just going to say, what I just felt and the truth of what I just heard, Lewis, is that what you did, it was give the power back to the, the human being, where the intelligence is. We all have our own innate intelligence. That's right. You're offering our innate the container. Healing intelligence. That's right. Right. We're, we're, not even, we're not even giving the power. We're just suggesting that it's there for people to step forward and embody. Well, yeah, you're acknowledging that the power is inside of them. I mean, which that's right. You know, that's semantics, but like it's inside yeah. of me, it's inside of you, and you're creating a space where it can happen and people that's can right. witness it. That's right. Yeah. And and it it's we've been trained to think that it's so complicated and it's so hard. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about working with you, Anna, is that like an hour with you speaking, you come off the phone, you're like, oh, it's all right here. <laughs> I'm not out <laughs> looking for something else. I'm not trying to get to something else. Even that word trying, right? You know, it, it's, a, it's a choice, right? Our happiness, it's a choice, our path to healing. doesn't. It's not our mm -hmm. choo choice necessarily not to suffer, but it's our choice in how we approach it and frame it and understand why. Um, and, and make meaning of it and grow from it. And, and hopefully, you know, channel those experiences into positive impact being part of the solution and helping our sisters and brothers. If you, what's your wish for this? What's your deepest desire for this? For this moment journey in time? Space. For journey space. My deepest desires is that we find our allies and that it becomes what it should be and really touches all the people that it, that it really can. Because there's really, there shouldn't be any, any, any limit to this work. It doesn't need to be specialized. You shouldn't have to go into a clinic, shouldn't have to go score in the underground, shouldn't have to go to Peru and wonder if your shaman is gonna sign you up for a cult. <laughs> yeah that it may be everywhere and that everyone may take back their power and that in many ways is just an intermediate step and that really the the end game the big game is that we all play our part in becoming part of the solution and and i think we're gonna see in, in the coming decades that that may not be easy but it's definitely doable I think it's happening right now with you. And if it's Hopefully happening right now with us. you, well, but I see it in you right now. And if it's happening with you, then I know it's happening. So we're, we're coming to the end of our time, which I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lewis, how do they find out about Journey Space or if people want to do a ceremony at your church? Where do they connect with you? And this will all be in the link. Yeah, I think the best place is to go to journeyspace.com. And that's really our, our public facing piece there. Um, we can definitely refer people out to places where they can go legally find this work. Um, there's there's groups that, that we do lead down to, to Latin America. Um, and and the easiest place is, is, is right at journeyspace.com. And they'll, they'll find all the ways to get in touch with us there. Cool. Thank you. It's been an honor. I really loved this.
Likewise, Anna. I'm so, so honored to be here. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for having Great. me. Thank you. Thank you.